The next one was Candace and her guy, Jute and Mel, Mike and Joanne, Rob Air, and then Rob four, Air, right, four right. people I didn't recognize. Wasn't that a beautiful picture, though? I was sure all that was skin for some reason. I was sure it was all skin. And I thought, what the hell is that? Did he yeah. Did somebody put a marble in his ear. And the other thing is... It's like... Uh, the other thing is when you look at it, you suddenly see the ossicle, which is the bone. There's a bone that connects right to that membrane. Well, is that what that is that looks like... Oh. Isn't there a stirrup and an anvil and something in there? Yeah, I was looking there. They're a ways back, though. <laughs> Can't quite see those. That's pretty interesting. Getting some truck work done? I'm hoping. I think this guy's given up on me or something. Have you been out to the lake this summer? Nay. I don't know if I'm oh, going to make it. Are you done with that or something? Or? No, I'm just a, just a little bit too locked in with the Airbnbs. and Bs. Oh, right, right. And I'm like... Because Glenn texted me today. We were chatting about, I think, my ear bone, maybe. Mm. And, uh, and he said... Oh, I, I'm actually, I'm just floating along here uh, in Moby's kayak right? under the bridge. Yeah. And, oh, there's Mary and Ruth just walked above the bridge. And it just sounded uh, so idyllic, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, my well, God. Well, good for him, I say. Yeah. You going to do an early intro? Or I, for, I forget do, what your game plan is. I'm going to start gonna the set timer. timer so that he does... 61. An hour and a half from now. Half, when 61 happens, he's introducing it. Okay. And he says an hour and a half like we do three-hour ones. Yeah. Sometimes we get up to three hours. What are you talking about? We always do three hours. Okay. All right, Skin. Even if we didn't always do three hours, an hour and a half is in the second half. That's the that's the key thing, isn't it? It's just to, yes, spread out the intros. Now. And bump up the energy, as you said. Well, yeah. Like when you, that, cause that's automatically. It's what happens. That's a curling shirt. You're wearing a curling shirt. That's what oh. I thought, too. <laughs> yeah, you remember the we talked about that Weaker Than song that's all about curling? Yeah. You guys had to listen? Well, this is oh, my Weaker Than's t-shirt nice. from when I saw him on tour. It's pretty nice, great. Nice, yeah. nice, Okay, so shall we? Shall we start? Gold skin. Yes, please. Okay. Well, here we are, boys. Here we are, you people listening. We don't know how you people listening got to here. We know how we got to here, but we're sure glad you're here. We don't know whether you had to sit through 59 prior episodes just to get to the point where we say here, it's episode 660. Yes, but we are here at 60. As usual, we have just a cavalcade of stuff lined up. The research team's been going day and night for weeks trying to get ready for this show. So get started. We hope you're somewhere nice, warm, fun. Here we go. What, after that exciting build-up, after setting expectations sky high like that, what? Anybody? I can start. That was great, Skin. I got one, though. Aside from it being episode 60 today, today is also the birthday of my daughter, who's the person who suggested we even have this thing in the first place. So I don't know if she knew how much nonsense she was going to have to listen to from me at home discussing this podcast when she she suggested it. Right. But I mean, she... There it is. Does she pretend to listen? Uh, Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. So she may hear a shout out for her birthday and her founding role. Does she get creator credit? I don't know. We got to get her on here Uh and ask her some of this stuff. Do you want creator credit? She might not want to be associated with this thing in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
I don't know. Anyway, shout out to Haley. It's her birthday yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, I... Happy birthday, hon. And tomorrow, KJ, I believe Lucy. That's right. Also has her same That's year right. birthday. Haley snuck in under the wire. Oh, yeah. Lucy was late. Haley was early. Yeah, she was punching her way out. Right. Had to win. Had to win. So there was that. There was that. Um, I, you can't see it, of course, viewers. But today, I'm wearing nice shoes, a tie, work pants. Probably you don't believe me, but I actually am. Because it's the 60th, and I wanted to feel special. So I dressed up special just for the 60th. He looks very dapper, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Very dapper. With my naturally with my shed dog's hat. I thought course. he was coming from a business meeting personally. I am going to a business meeting and we're in it now. There, there you go. You bet. <laughs> and if you look at your phone right now, if you have the right podcast app, you will see a picture of him in his tie. <laughs> oh, and I was just gonna say KJ also is wearing a dynamic shirt today. RJ's wearing his uh the Weaker Thans t-shirt that looks like a curling shirt because they did a great song about curling, which I just thought it really is a great song. It was a great t-shirt, too. Yeah, it is. And KJ's wearing a Smokin' Joe Fraser t-shirt. Joe Fraser. I just, uh, we've probably got listeners who don't even know. This is very popular if I go down to the downtown east side. Oh, I bet. Hey, I love your t-shirt, man. Right, <laughs> Smokin' Joe. <laughs> or, or the drive. I got a question because I'm going overseas a week today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yes. And I was wondering if I should take my trusty computer. But do you guys, do you guys do, can you do all of your stuff that you need to do on your phone? No. Like everything. Like editing and all that? No, no, not that stuff. But just communication and news and. Yes, I can. I don't know about you. I can. Yeah, PJ uses his iPad for everything. Yeah, but uh, if well, I don't have my iPad, all the same stuff is available on my iPhone. It's just smaller. Right. Like text messages, emails. I don't watch very many videos on my uh, phone because I just find that annoying. Uh, annoying, uh, not annoying. See, that? That's. I mean, that's the only thing because I watch a lot of K-dramas on my computer. But I don't, uh, that's the only thing you actually use it for other than. For me, with reading glasses, I, I I don't mind watching shows on my on my phone. Oh, yeah, like because you can kind of hold the phone close enough that you almost get like a cinematic experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just imagine that you're in the projectionist's booth. You're watching the film at the theater from the booth, and then your phone seems real because the image is about that far away. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you got the yeah, you got a good quality phone. Yeah, I stuff. Have, I have a problem with photos and shit. I, they seem to stay. I can't get rid of them. It's because oh, yeah. it's an awful lot of work. Well, that's the primary driver in new devices with more storage. Is it's way easier to just buy a new one than to actually clear out all your old storage. Well, yeah, but you know, yeah. Okay, I just it, made that up. You did. Just and if you're up. on iCloud Photo <laughs> Library, that takes care of all that space because. It's yeah. Really, so instead it just of reduces everything. Yeah, well, I am, and I pay the dollar thirty nine a month or whatever it is, and, I, and I'm always surprised by the little bill that comes in. I think, well, well, let's have a look. Am again. I using it? <laughs> We're going to look at how your storage is used. Because then the cynical me that isn't here today, but the usual me that's often here would have said, yeah, instead of buying a new device every two years, you spend the equivalent amount buying iCloud space instead. Ding ding. That's what I do. 
I have a whacking great lot of iCloud space, so I never have to think about actually editing my photo collection. But you know how to use it, too. No, I don't. It just, it I just happens. No Stuff okay. floats out there, floats back. I don't know. You have tons of space on this thing, so that's not it. Oh, okay. So sh- maybe he should just try immersing it. Yes, well, he can certainly take it in the shower because it's an iPhone 8. Yeah. And that might activate some little defense mechanism stuff on the phone that causes it to become way more efficient all of a sudden. But when it comes to immersing, you can like drop one in the toilet, quickly reach in and grab it. Deal with your disgust. Just get in there and grab it because it's not going to last longer than, uh, you know, 30 seconds or something when it's immersed. I'd love to know what causes, like I believe you, 100. I just don't have a clear idea in my head what gives you the time and what fails within those 30 seconds that causes the phone to be destroyed after that time. Right. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. No. Is there some tiny little membrane like on the inside of your ear, only in a phone it gets pushed in by the fractional little bit of water pressure? Or, I have no idea. Well, there's so many different seals on it. And yeah. I, I don't know which one's the weakest link. Me either. I'm yeah. sure they have guys that work on that, a team of 20. Yeah, well, let's find the weakest link here. At least twenty, and that's a, that'd be a good job too. The uh, the one where you have to figure out a way to measure how many feet the phone can be submerged before it's a surefire fail, in a way that allows you to tell the marketing people, you may safely say, one foot. We know that after six feet, it's a hundred percent fail rate because we've tested it. We spent months. Well, I've got s- video, slow motion video, showing the screen going blank at six feet. They have to specify an IP measure, and I think there's standardized tests that they do for that. <sighs> In an IP, the I stands for immersion. P, maybe, let's just say it's protocol. Oh, that's what I would have said. Yeah. And then it has two numbers. One is for dust, and the other is for water. Well, that just takes all the fun out of my Keystone Cops scenario. And they can't just make up a number. They actually have to do some standardized <laughs> testing, like, you know... How long can it be held under a stream of water at a certain angle? There's probably all kinds of countries where they're fully making that up, and we should ban imports from those countries because they're fully cheating on their IP tests. They're not doing the standardized Mm -hmm. stuff. We're getting phones we're paying extra money for that can't stand anything like what they're rated as. Damn it. I bet you Huawei phones are way, way false in terms of their IP ratings. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Damn it. Sure, yeah. And it's probably all caused by immigration rates, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because there's a whole bunch of immigrants who are still loyal to the homeland that are buying those phones in spite of the fact that they know that they're falsifying their performance standards. It's all a big web of deceit. It's just it's undermining life as we know it. We should take action. Last episode, actually episode 58, we had you rate yourself on a scale from left wing to right wing. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you want to re, like change your measure. Not even slightly, Lee, Lee, Lee. But those are the, I'm telling you, I just don't know. They're, those are the kinds of things. Like if you talk like that, there's a, just a frighteningly large segment of the population of Canada, never mind the United States. Now I am, again, I'm making this up. But I'm willing to bet there's a frighteningly large segment of the Canadian population that's just all ready to get on board with that kind of thinking. The other thing I'm trying to remember is between the three of us, who who really was against talking about politics? Do you, do you recall, KJ? Was it You guys. Skin. Anyway, be that as it may, 
I w- so the, the listeners can't see this either, but I've adopted a body posture that suggests my willingness to discuss this further. That would be no. I'm the one. I am the one who for months fought a rear guard action against the discussion of politics in this shed, losing again and again and again. I didn't think that I had to explain to you that once started, I could never stop. I thought you would know that. He has jumped in with both feet. And and now we're doomed. Actually, you know what? It's all Robert of Calgary's fault. That one email sentenced everybody to about two episodes whose content was dominated by discussion of politics. So let's not do that today. Okay. And my discussion just now, all facetious. Robert, you can send us a note if you prefer Rob. I mean, I just grabbed Robert off the email. Actually, we should be going RT in, in accordance with our own naming standards. Well, that's what he wanted us to do, yeah. RT. Yeah. yeah, and he was right. That was right of him to want that. <laughs> no. Historically, we have used first name from location. That's almost <laughs> the only thing we've used. So All what right. else have we got now that we've uh, steered ourselves successfully away from the shoals of politics? What do we have? <laughs> what do we have? Shoals is not a word you get to use every day. You're cooking skin. <laughs> We got PJ this and PJ that, so <laughs> let's the do the uh, all PJ. No, these are just little tidbits. Uh, you know, one thing I did want to talk about, though, one of those PJs, uh-huh. it is the one, I haven't read the news article, but I, I sent a link to a news article suggesting that Canadians can get ready to be asked for their social media information as they cross into the United States at border crossings in the near future. A couple of episodes back, we discussed what I found to be the frightening requirement from the U.S. immigration guys, if you're applying for some kind of visa to visit the United States or work there or whatever, you're now required, just suddenly out of the blue, required to declare all your social media stuff, primarily your email address and your phone number so that they can then access all your social media stuff. And in that episode, I talked about, oh, boy, that's kind of weird. And and we kind of only half-jokingly suggested that if you are found to be a listener of this podcast, is that going to inhibit your ability to enter the United States? Because we're not always flattering about the Trump administration in here. And then out comes a news article that says, yeah, you can expect to start being asked that as a Canadian crossing into the United States in the near future. I found that thought, wow, that's not cool, really. But there it is. Is that politics? I don't know if it is or not. Oh, yeah. They could do a lot with that. So first of all, you know, if you want your privacy, of course, you want to make your Facebook posts private, but that doesn't stop them from issuing a search warrant. Yeah, they could do a search warrant to Facebook and Facebook can make available every single post you've ever done. Uh, yeah. And, you know, many of which are may well be politically related. And then when they see that you're kind of anti-Trump a lot, then they go, well, there's a good chance this person's doing bad things because they hate this government so much. They may well be a criminal. So let's just keep, let's go back to the judge. Let's see what else we can get. Like you can, you can see it. Yeah. Be pretty bad. So I just think, yeah, you know, there's a PSA lurking in here again about listeners. We deeply appreciate your patronage, but we're coming to the point where you might actually in real life have to think about whether it's a good idea to admit that you listen to us. Isn't that crazy? We're the most benign people ever. It just seems really extreme if you think about all the podcasts out there and what 
Yeah. That's true. Like, or here's another fun one. Well, I guess it like in the NSA, it, uh, they can eavesdrop on anything American or probably anything worldwide anyway, right? They don't need an American to cross the border to say, let me see your social media. If they really want to look, they can look. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get any out. hints, little flags in the... That's a true thing. That That other fun thing I was going to mention is just one of those examples of how the anti-administration media is just almost as ridiculous as the administration favoring media. And it was uh, Stephen King, the author, did a tweet just not a couple of days ago about because Trump had recently said some terrible stuff and uh, because they sent Pence to visit the uh, holding areas for immigration guys and they're in pretty bad shape, Stephen King did this tweet that said... You know, first you round them all up and you put them in cages. Then you send out the squads to find the people who are driven into hiding. Uh, And then aren't the armbands next? But Uh. that tweet, that tweet made a headline in the Huffington Post news feed. Like it's a sensational thing. Stephen King suggests a dark future under Trump. You know, you kind of think, I don't actually think that's a headline worthy thing. The guy just, he's making a dark comment but i don't think it was newsworthy in any way like hey uh random change of topic is dylan is dylan back in town he is yes he is how are things going um good he's working liking his job not working today working in the audio field no nay 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 okay i'm think he's sort of explored looking for a place to live but all righty okay nobody's i don't think anyone's <laughs> expecting anything before september and KJ even then carefully managing the hopeful tone <laughs> in his voice there <laughs> we'll see wow. what happens but uh and he's flying back next week the same time as you are for his convocation is that correct that's correct oh because that's i forgot that's what you're going over for yeah and then dylan has uh two count them two weddings in ontario with guess Susan's nieces and nephews. And so he's comes back from London to Toronto for one wedding, comes back home and flies again to Toronto. So you got air miles? I hope so. Susan seems to know how to book all these things. I guess she's used them all up. No, but I mean, I hope he's racking up some miles for all this is that how, maybe it doesn't even work that well, way. No, you spend them when you, <laughs> for that cheap ticket. <laughs> well, pretty clear which of the three of us gets around here and which one doesn't. I'm a little bit nervous about going, actually, about flying. Not sure why. Is it my age? Is it having to be without a cigarette for so long? Nah, no, because I, I did Newfoundland, which is almost to England, isn't it? I heard you can just duck into the bathroom anyway. <laughs> it's halfway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Duck into the bathroom. I mean, what are they going to do when you're in the middle of the Atlantic, right? Exactly. Just push the flush button. Everybody thinks the flush button is just that blue bag of frozen toilet waste that sometimes hits the ground and gets remarked upon. It's actually the entire contents of the bathroom. So if you're in there smoking, you just push the flush button over the Atlantic. We don't know what happened to it. So is that really what happens, though? I've never really thought much about that. So when you press that flush button and you hear the huge suction of air... Is it really just atomizing everything in there and no, just sorry. letting her fly? Sorry, sorry, sorry. You've you've misunderstood no. me. <clears throat> There's the flush button that the consumer pushes, yeah, which just moves waste into a container somewhere in the plane. 
with really good suction, though. Yeah. Yeah, like, why? Is, yeah, what's up with that? Like, do they really need all that suction? Well, well they're not going to have standing water. It certainly water makes there. you think that it's the air just flying by the plane, yeah, right? But it's, jeez. No, they can't have water standing in there. That's the problem, right? So that's the first thing. Standing water, like in a toilet in your house, isn't going to work on a plane because there's turbulence and nobody wants toilet water all Kaboom. over the place. Yeah, right. Uh, so that's okay. the first problem. Well, I'd never really thought about that. And actually, without but standing water, that means you got to clear that waste. Well, completely. you mentioned it when the plane suddenly drops and all the people rise up almost yeah. the ceiling, then the water would do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Like that just happened on some flight to Hawaii. They they had to land. They had like thirty nine people bonk their heads because they hit such turbulence. Yeah, yeah. So our PSA, wear your seatbelts. Um, but anyways, there's that flush. And then what happens is when the internal storage in the plane is full, they, they, they have the capacity to discharge that too. Wherever it is, it ends up frozen. So it's in some uninsulated part of the plane. Okay. And oh, and comes out as a great big chunk of ice. Yeah, big chunk of ice. And there's a couple of things. I, I'm not actually even sure that they can do that mid-flight as opposed to there's a leak somewhere in the system and a big chunk of fluid ends up frozen to the outside of the plane that then thaws and breaks off as they approach some airport someplace. Not really even sure that's, that might be what happens. I don't think they'll jettison a big chunk of ice over populated. No, they would just do it over the Atlantic along with the offending smoking passengers. You know, there's going to be one little boat out there. There's going to be one sailboat out in the middle of the Atlantic. (laughs) Kawump. And it goes right through. Just that's what happens to those those lone guys sailing across the world. Jets everywhere try to hit them with their discharged waste. I think it's time for Tales from the Shuttle. Is it right? We can do Tales from the Shuttle. These shuttle tales. Well, here's a question for you. This is from Tales from the Shuttle. I had two people on the same day who had clutch failure in their Volkswagens. And their experience of clutch failure was they're driving along, everything's beautiful, and then the next minute, nothing. No clutch, no nothing. Is that a familiar experience for you guys? No. Me either. My clutch failure experience is gradual. It always starts when you're going up a steep hill. Yeah. And you realize that you're not quite grabbing fully. Yeah, and it starts are your these, engine races a little bit. Are these newer Volkswagens? Yeah, you know they're going to be in the last ten years. Are but they? but are, is that does the whole clutch thing all work the same? In I, those? I have no idea, but that's sort of the question because, like I said, any clutch failure I've ever experienced has been gradual. Its onset has been predicted yeah, yeah. by months of slippage before finally you just can't do anything. These ones. Both these people swore it was just normal, and then all of a sudden they just couldn't do anything. They were lucky to be able to pull over because they couldn't. And I do know that the the clutch is hydraulic, right? So there's not a cable, but that's neither here nor there. It's not that that wears out. It's the actual friction plates that every clutch has. So I just thought. And one of those women ended up crying. So, boys, I In don't know shuttle? how you are as men. But having women cry, for me, is always upsetting. And yeah, in the shuttle, she had come down from Williams Lake to see her aged mother. And this was on the long weekend, the Canada Day long weekend. And she was just getting ready to head back up to Williams Lake to take part in all the celebrations she had volunteered to help with. The car dies. 
How quick were you with the Kleenex? Uh, I did not have Kleenex. See that? I find, and you know, from experience, I have had women cry in my presence several times <laughs> as a manager. Yeah. <laughs> Very sad. But uh, I learned after <laughs> the first one is like offering quiet, silently offering the Kleenex yeah. is huge. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because it acknowledges it without saying something that causes it to build even more. Yeah. I just, uh, all I is. managed was. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that. I wish I wish there was a way I could help. Uh, I don't think there actually is, but I'm very sorry to hear that. And she 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 had all the stuff, and now it was going to be like, and the bill for a clutch on a Volkswagen is about three grand. Eh? It's a lot of money mm-hmm. to get your clutch replaced. Yeah. And she was going to be all screwed up, and it wasn't going to be fixed until at least the following Tuesday. And she was she had, you know, she had this little kind of looked like a milk crate on a little rolly cart that she was taking her stuff over to her sister's at 20th and Camby. Clearly no idea where the hell 20th and Camby is. Taking public transit. And I'm driving her to the sea bus. It's pouring uh, rain. You know, like, oh, my good Lord. What a guy. And then I had another woman also that same day, must have been the weather, crying about her. It was sad. I mean, her son had really serious health problems and had had a psychotic break as a result of his health problems. And she herself had had three go-rounds with cancer. And it was just this whole thing. And I, she she started to go. And then... She wasn't another clutch, though, was she? No, she was not. That oh. was a different car problem. So it's not clutches exclusively that drive it. It's a nice question, though. Nice question. Another fun story. I... Oh, I'm telling you. I gave a guy a ride to his home from the shop. And then it was time the car was fixed, time to pick him up. I phone him on my way, as you do. Hi, this is Pat from the shuttle. And he says, okay, be ready, I'm there. I park outside his place, and some woman comes walking out and gets in the car. And I said, oh, you don't look much like an Eric to me. And she said, oh, no, that would be my boyfriend. And I made some remark about the music. I always have CBC music, and it's classical in the middle of the day. And I always feel like I have to apologize for that, because classical just seems so... I don't know. I do it because there's no ads. I think you should no stick talking. to gangster rap. <laughs> no, no <laughs> chance. Because that would, I don't even care about the, that would just drive me nuts. I don't care about the customers oh, at all. Oh, you don't care about the customers. No. <laughs> but anyways, she said, oh, sometimes I listen to, you know, the French CBC. And so, oh, are you French? No, oh, she's from France. We talk about that. And then almost apropos of nothing, because she's from a part of France that some friends of mine's just rode through on bicycles and they sent pictures back and I said they sent these pictures it's so nice and she said oh yeah it's really really beautiful I really want to go back in fact I don't know what I'm going to do I really want to go back my boyfriend doesn't want to go and she starts she's just out here oh my god and I look into the mirror and and she's holding on <laughs> and I'm thinking oh man and I and and before I could say anything else she said We've been together eight years. I came to Canada to be with them. And I just, oh. finally, I just said, well, you, you answered the only question I was going to ask. Eight years is a big investment. You're going to have a really difficult decision to make. And I asked her a couple, do you have French-speaking friends that you then, spend time with? And then with? the tears really started. No, <laughs> no she, she then pulled herself together and we veered into, uh, you can get free education, post-secondary education in France and many other EU countries and this was relevant for me because my youngest daughter is looking at post secondary education right now because you start thinking about it what is the price differential if you live in 
Lyon for a year, how much does that cost you? As opposed to living here in Canada for a year and going to school here. It was kind of cool when I was in St. Pierre, that little yeah. French island off the coast of Newfoundland. My tour guide had her education for free in France because St. Pierre is part of France. But they automatically, every single kid who qualifies for university is automatically flown for free over to France. And they get almost free lodgings as well, plus tuition. This is a very nice deal. And then they come back to this idyllic, perfect little island called St. Pierre and decide whether... She said most of the the island's small, right? It's beautiful, but most of the kids kind of want to get out yeah for a while but she says it's really common to come back to raise a family and just do some joe job that that's way below your education probably they got a nice little economy going there too so there's lots of things to choose from the tourism industry is pretty good there yeah yeah. Mm. so skinny all these uh, little uh, tales from the shuttle uh, all the teary women are they're all single fares right Yes, you don't get this kind of thing when there's more than one passenger. Right. It's wondering. only when they're forming the special bond with the <laughs> with the know. master. Well, it's a funny thing yeah. when you start thinking about the way people behave in their cars when they when they're by themselves. You know, it's commonly wrote, written about people behave as though they're invisible or as though they're in a bulletproof little separate environment when they're in their cars. Yeah. That's why there's road rage and so much bad behavior. They do and say things they would never in a million years say to somebody face-to-face in a different setting. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing happens with passengers in the shuttle. I'm pretty sure you're in there, mm-hmm. and it's there's no escape, and it's silence is awkward. And so you just chat, and the next thing you know, you're just chatting about something that's on your mind. It's it's really an interesting thing to think about. Why do people say some of the things they say? Because yeah. hmm. there's this false intimacy just by being in a car with somebody. But for you, it must be normally, and not always, but it normally must be pretty nice. Oh, it's really you fun. Get interesting stories. Oh, super fun. Learn like, learn about different lives. Yeah, you know? it's really really fun. I I say it as though I'm joking, but I'm not. It's really fun. Nine times out of ten, people are pleasant. They tell you stuff. You get to see where they live, you know, so you get to put little pieces together. Oh, that's the kind of house they live in. This is the mm. kind of neighborhood they live in. These are the attitudes they have about mass transit in West Vancouver and stuff like that, right? You get to see all kind. For someone like me who has a propensity to make crazy assumptions based on almost no data, it's awesome. What is your range, by the way? <laughs> you He just slides by that. Eh? You went in, you went all the way to the sea bus and that's it. Is it that you're basically North Shore? Yeah. All the way from Deep Cove to Horseshoe Bay. Yeah. And it's, so you get some longer rides, yeah. Right, because it's kind of funny because presumably bopping into Vancouver's north end is probably quicker than going all the way out to Horseshoe Bay. Yes, but the, the difficulty, they'll never send us over the bridges uh-huh. because they're unpredictable. If there's oh, one event on a bridge, you're right, going to be stuck someplace right. for hours. Gotcha. Right? That makes sense. I mean, the kind of ir- irony there is that if there's an event on the bridge, you're going to get stuck in Deep Cove for hours too, right? Yeah, that's true. Like the same thing can happen, but yeah. that's why they don't send you. But and that, that woman I mentioned from Williams Lake that was so upset, I really wished I could drive her to 20th and Canby. Yeah. Because it would just be so much easier for her to just yeah. be dropped at, you know, 
but I couldn't. Cause... I'm sure they're watching your location all the time using Find My iPhone. No, they're not, but I would recommend but that I they do. they can. Yeah. They should. Not because we're doing naughty stuff, but because I get sick and tired of being asked where I am. Oh, that's so silly. They no. don't. They don't. It's so silly. The five service reps don't talk to each other. I mean, other. They're, and they're also old cranks that don't know how to use Find My no, iPhone. they're young guys. Well, then why don't you just tell them, hey, you know you can get me on Find My iPhone. I, I just, I don't know what the other drivers would like it, but to me, like they always, oh, oh yeah. where are you at? And uh, when are you going to be back? And so sometimes I'll say stuff like, oh, I'm just in the, uh, I'm right at the top of Delbrook. I'll be back in uh, eight and a half minutes. You never said, uh, you just woke me up from my nap. No. Never say that. Sometimes I say, I'm not telling you where I'm at. I'm done with telling you guys anything because it makes the passenger laugh or it makes the person that they're talking to. Because the only reason they really do it, because they got a customer there, the customer's trying to decide whether to wait for the shuttle or not. Yes. So sometimes I'll yank them that way just yes. for fun. But the idea that they ask me for estimates, really, my internal answer is nearly always, how the hell should I know how long it's going to take me to get back? Anything could happen. Yeah. You know, half the time, one of you other guys phones me halfway back to the shop and sends me someplace else. I, like, what the hell? Yeah, but they kind of think of you as an expert. They don't. They just are, they don't think of us at all. They just are trying to keep the customer satisfied, as the song says. Skinny being about the right normal level of crank right now? Yeah, it's a little bit. Well, I don't know. Oh, come on. This is upbeat. He, he, he's a little bit under. Under. Yeah, he's fully general. upbeat right now. Yeah. This is it. You this are, is, Skinny. You well, are. Because you're, you're at the top of your upbeatedness. I just finished saying that's a great job and why. And uh-huh. Jeez. And people are. Well, here's another and, thing that indicates. And, and how idiotic the dispatchers are. Yes. They're not dispatchers. They're customer service. Are. That's the key thing. The business suggestion I would make oh, is that boy. they have a dispatcher role for somebody. Uh-huh. But they that would mean somebody's distracted mm. from doing something else, so they'll probably not do it. Okay. But to illustrate how great a job it is and how upbeat I am, Mrs. Lee has gone back to Korea. So four months ago, I had a, I told a story on this podcast about a Korean woman who's clearly very isolated. Her husband's a Samsung executive, and her English is terrible. She was in the car. There was other people in the car, and she was trying to tell me where she was going, and one of the other people in the car was trying to be, quote, helpful, unquote. And that person had the, you know, there's a strategy for dealing with people that don't understand English that involves just saying the exact same words again, only louder. Yes. She was doing that really badly. eh? Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted her to shut up and let this Korean woman try to communicate, and she wouldn't do it. You should have used Reed Fleming's line. Oh, I was, we'll get to that. We're getting to that right after this. <laughs> so that, the pushy woman got out and I just said to this Korean woman, don't worry about it. She said, I am so nervous. My English is so bad. I'm so scared when I have to speak. I said, don't worry about it. Your English is a thousand times better than my Korean. And nearly everybody that you run into is going to just wait for you to get there. They're not going to be impatient or pushy. You're not offending anybody. Just don't worry about it. You're fine. And when I picked her up again in the afternoon, she gave me a $20 Starbucks card, and it said, thank you for your kindness. Uh-huh. And I just thought. And you have an update on her. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I do. She, I got her again. She had her two daughters with her. And I go in, and she says in her terrible halting English, you know, do you remember? And I said, oh, Mrs. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Because I liked her, eh? And, one, and, 
And one of the daughters is like 14 and her hair's dyed blue and she speaks perfect English. So she, she sits in the front and we chat all the way there and all the way back when I picked him up. Just about, you know, I told her about K-drama. I told her me and a buddy, both buddies, I've watched a lot. And I, we named, I named some of the shows we've talked about on here. This kid was familiar with him. She said, oh, geez, I didn't think anybody in North America watched K-drama. I said, lots of people watch. <laughs> and at the end of that one, the daughter said, well, my mom wanted you to know we're going back to, to, to Korea. And I said, oh. And then she did the full thing where they gave me another gift card. Oh, nice. And she said, my mom wants to wish you a long and happy life. And then she offers me the card. You know how With they two do hands, yeah. the two-handed card pass across the front street? Oh, you know, what's not great about that? I said, well, thank you so much. I hope everything goes well in Korea. It's been a real pleasure, and the kids got out, and I'll never see them again. So that was yeah, yeah. that was a fun little story. But that is really nice. You don't get that in a job very no, often. You no, know? and you get paid yeah, $15 big dollars per... So, um, RJ, you just mentioned Reed Fleming. I think you should fill in. I don't know. Our listening group quite likely is familiar with who Reed Fleming might be. Maybe 50-50, something like right that. ahead. Yeah, well, I was uh, hanging out on Reddit the other day, and uh, people post uh, interesting photos often of their ancestors or their parents or grandparents. So uh, one guy posted, here's my grandpa. Uh holding up my father right so what it was a picture of a a milk truck driver who is quite muscular and in one arm above his head he's holding a younger guy who's his son but uh, his son already has a 20 year old or something and in his left hand he's got a full case of milk he's holding that as well and then there's the classic milk truck behind with the curved front end and uh, i just thought oh man that I, I actually posted in quote marks, I thought I told you to shut up because <laughs> that's uh, Reed Fleming, world's toughest milkman, his tagline. And it's a wonderful comic from the 80s written by a guy named David Boswell and just a pitch perfect underground comic about this. Our protagonist is the world's toughest milkman. It's just funny, and I guess for the most base reasons, he has terrible behaviors, and the drawing is funny, and so they just make you laugh. He always looks unkempt and angry. He always has a half-smoked cigarette hanging out of the side of his face. And if he's punching someone, they draw his arm like a windmill. Like it's in three different positions, and in one of them, it's connecting with the well, person's face. Just the fact that they have an established style for drawing how he punches tells you something about the character. He does a lot of punching. Yeah. So it wasn't in the 70s, eh? It, it might have been. I, I, I was trying to remember. It, if anything, it would be uh, maybe the late 70s, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking that I would have heard that either from you or Rob or Mike. Yeah, right. I think Rob was into it. I think it was Rob. Yeah, and uh, another one of his. It was seven seven six time. Could have been, could have been. But listeners, if you want a real laugh and you don't mind uh, some you know, like comic strip type stuff, Reed Fleming, world's toughest milkman. You can still order the first comic for like four bucks or something like that, just a reprint of it. I had that thing uh, forever. Or you can see it online. Yeah, I still have. 
I might even have some first editions. I'm not sure. And you say he's still publishing, right? Or he's still He is. Like he they actually tried to go somewhere with a movie. Right. They had sold the the rights. Unfortunately, he realized afterward it should have been an option, but he just sold the rights to Warner Brothers. It kept making its way up and they're going, This is gonna be great. A lot of people enthusiastic. It hit the head of the whole studio and he's going, I don't get it. What's so funny about this? And Do you know then, how long ago that was? Uh, it was like late 80s, maybe. Oh. Yeah, and so it's sat under lock and key ever since. There's no way for him to make a movie with his own comic. He wrote a screenplay, too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But wouldn't there still be hope for that in this sort of in this different world that we're in as far as, you know, comics and interesting things that they want to make into series? And Yeah, exactly. I'm wondering why maybe now is the time for him to go back, get get somebody on his side to go yeah. talk to the studio. Yeah. I like the 78 cents where I piss in your flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is when he's trying to collect for the deposit on the bottles. <laughs> <laughs> some some little old lady with her hair and curlers and a house coat, and he's threatening her like that. And, and he's screaming down the road. Sometimes he stands up on top of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, and yeah. uh, his best friend's name is Captain Coffee. Captain Coffee is always looking kind of tired. Oh, I and don't he's, remember that. He has at all. a nemesis boss who looks a little bit like Frankenstein. He has a really high forehead. Oh, he's the square headed guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He's I do remember a him. Bad boss. I don't remember Captain Coffee, but. <laughs> Captain Coffee. It's literally C A P apostrophe M coffee. <laughs> Captain Coffee. I had another one, boys. I think I might have sent you the video. I was coming home from work, and I was turning left across Lonsdale, which is probably the busiest north-south street in North Vancouver. And as I was waiting for my turn, cars just whizzing by. You can't make a left. I hear, and I look down, and looks like a phone case is getting run over in the street. Okay. Another car goes by, and I started looking again. I thought, geez, I wonder if that's a phone or just a phone case. Nothing left. But I finally made my left, pulled over, went out into traffic and retrieved it. And it was a phone in a case, a Samsung. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at it, and it's just, the glass is just shattered. The screen is completely a thousand pieces. And it was in a case, and I peeled a case off. And the glass in the back is also really badly cracked. And this thing is just thinking, wow. So I try pushing some of the buttons on the side, just whatever. And a little green light comes on in the top left corner of the screen in this phone. I mean, I've seen this thing get both tires from at least two cars, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I push some more buttons and I think I saw a blue light, but it doesn't make any noise. So I drive home. And I'm just thinking, what am I going to do with this thing? And as I'm getting out of the car, it, it vibrates. Somebody's phoning it. And I'm thinking, what? What? It can take a call? So I go in and I have this brilliant brain attack. I get some earbuds with a microphone in them and I plug it into the jack in the bottom. And it buzzes again after I do that. Like first off, it's playing music. The little green light was it's playing music some hip-hop track, and it sounds pretty good, and I just cannot believe it's doing this. Yeah, like it's continued playing music. Yeah. Like I just (laughs) thought, oh, my God, I just can't believe this thing. And then, you know, it buzzes, and I push the little pick-up button on the earbud set, 
And and this guy says, so you got it? And I said, your phone? And he said, yeah. Yeah, you got it? I said, yeah. And I cannot believe we're talking on it. This thing's been run over a bunch of times on Lonsdale. I mean, I I just can't believe it's even. So we exchange information and he comes to pick it up. And I give it to him. And, you know, he calls me to get the specific address when he's close because we kind of mixed up where we were going to meet. And I said, you should definitely take this phone to the Samsung people for an endorsement opportunity and this case to the Otter people for an endorsement opportunity because I cannot believe this thing still works. And he gave me 20 bucks for returning it. And then he carefully plugs it into his thing in his truck. (laughs) He left it on the tailgate of his truck. He carefully plugs it in because he's going to play whatever music it's playing and drives away. So, holy. Yeah. I, I took a little video of it. I think I sent it. I can't remember if I sent it to both of you. No? I don't think. Well, I don't remember seeing it? it. Yeah, I saw it. I I thought they were just photos. but uh, I don't know. The, the video yeah. doesn't do anything except because you can't. You can see the little light blink, but that's hmm. about it. That's a it good story, Skin. It was just. I've never seen anything like that. Um. Your life is just filled with adventure, isn't it? Right, and uh, did he offer you a I'm little? Uh, did he offer you a finder's fee? Yeah, twenty bucks. I turned him down at least twice. I said, "Oh, you don't have to do that." I mean, this phone, this is incredible. Yeah, and he did it again. When the third time he just he offered, it, I just took it because yeah, okay, fine. Make him feel better, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. He he just was shaking his head though, because I was all excited. Right, this is why my life is filled with adventure because little <laughs> things like this get me all excited. But I really was. I just thought, this is incredible. This thing's just so trashed. I took it. Um, what else we got here, uh, RJ? You, KJ? Anybody? Well, I got the Demise of Mad Magazine. Ah, yes. The what? Ah, yes. The Mad Magazine is what no... What was the first word you used? Yes. I want to hear this again, too. Uh-oh. I'm going to say Demise. You guys are going to say demise? Is that demise. like is that like Oh, demise. Uh yes, yeah. yes. Well, anyway, I wanted to talk about the demise. <laughs> oh, and he skates right past that one. <laughs> Quick like a bunny. No, I actually was going to repeat it, but you overspoke me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. But anyway, uh yeah, demise, demise. Yes. Okay. Anyway, the demise of Mad Magazine. So, you guys are aware that they are no longer going to publish new material. And, yep, uh, I, I read the little article, yeah. And we and many others. KJ, did you read a lot of Mad Magazine, a little bit? Uh, for a period of time, I read a lot. Yeah, me too. From age, I'm going to say from age nine. Yeah. When yeah. was the last time you bought a magazine? Oh. Maybe, Any magazine? Maybe in no, my, a Mad Magazine. Maybe oh. in my teens. Yeah, I just read yeah. Cromer's. I didn't actually ever buy any of them, I don't think. I just read his. Oh, Cromer had him. Yeah. But I have a theory about Mad Magazine's impact on society in general. I think, I mean, I'm sure that there were niche exceptions, but <laughs> just, I, pa- I paused checking there. to see whether we're going to correct your pronunciation. Yeah, I paused there. Yeah. For... Nice. Iche. But Mad Magazine was the, the first mainstream publication that used sarcasm and satire as a regular, as their core feature. Yeah, yeah. And so as we all grew up at a fairly formative age, for me, it must have started around eight or nine or something. We're laughing and laughing and getting the kind of making fun. For example, a movie, a big blockbuster movie, they're just poking fun at it, right? And you see, you start to think of that in those terms. 
So I wonder how much of an impact they had in general on people's mental health and view of the world and general belief that these mainstream institutions that they were making fun of, including government, including teachers, college professors, doctors, anybody in a position of authority that up until the 60s in general was just, you just respect them. Like the doctor tells you something, it's the doctor for God's sakes. Of course they're right. If you're taught something at school, well, yeah, they would know, wouldn't they? If the government tells you like you just trust and that trust was mad magazine, a part of the key breakdown and trust that really, I mean, it started in the fifties with the beat generation and all that, but really in the sixties and then in the seventies, it really came into fruition. So I'd say, yeah, I'd ask a bit of a chicken or egg question. Like was mad magazine so popular because it capitalized on a growing sense of disbelief in most of the institutions that up until then, were kind of sacred, right? Guys came home after the Second World War, and America wasn't what they had hoped it would be, especially after the Korean War. It wasn't. You know, the Korean War, was that a good idea? There was a lot of question about that. And then here comes this magazine that pokes fun at all of those institutions. And I remember that they would always uh, give funny little names to the characters. So I remember the Star Trek parody. And Spock was called Spork. Yeah. And you'd go, that's so funny, oh, right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of base, but it just, as a child, yeah. it would make you just laugh oh, and laugh. No, it was, I do think you're right. I think it probably helped a whole generation of people grow up with a really well-developed sense of sarcasm, for sure. You know, like, cause it's just funny. But all the big movies, all of it. These days, we might look back at the magazine and, and look at it and think it's funny, but at the time... Do you think there's like 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds that were enjoying it as much as we did? That's a good question. It, it, was, it was kind of a, a kid's thing, Yeah, I'm going to say no to that. It was aimed at kids. It was a teen magazine. But I think yeah. the level of their, like, I think it was pretty advanced. I, I, I would imagine 20-year-olds should enjoy it, but. Well, but, they might be embarrassed to enjoy it. Yeah, maybe mm. so. That That's something interesting to find out. I'm going to look into that. What was their real demographic over the decades? Yeah, I wish I could Apparently tell Apparently it did age. I think the article I read was the demographic aged as we aged. Right, and right. And so that would, that would ah. change their writing to some extent. And it was is Mad TV a spinoff of Mad Magazine? I would guess. I would think so. Yeah. Are they still running? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. But I know. Yeah. I I flicked by that, and I don't think I ever stopped. It was kind of like Funny or Die. It had that same kind of feel to it. Yeah. One of those comedy sites, videos. Yeah, you know what? I haven't watched cable TV for so long, I just no longer know what's on. It's good. What else have we got? What else have we got? Oh, here's one. I headed it for our benefit. We should settle back and wait for the applause, the applesauce. And that was a poll that the provincial NDP government released regarding our preference for daylight saving time or what's the other one? Standard time? That's nah, no nope. right. option one is to switch twice a year between daylight saving time and daylight losing time. But what's also the, known as standard time. Standard time, that's option what, that's two what is to stay permanently on daylight saving time. Yes. So I thought we should give ourselves a big pat on the back because we were way ahead of that curve discussing it on this podcast long before the survey ever come out. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that we were the first to ever discuss it. We're probably, you know, probably, they probably listened to us for all kinds of policy direction, Mm -hmm. I would guess. Mm -hmm. 
I know that following Bo and Ma has probably led to an increased backdoor presence for us in the NDP planning halls. Uh, and what did they said? This is a survey coming up. No, they, it's done. Come and gone. I, it might oh. still be available till July twenty fourth. Do you remember? Yeah, and it, apparently, if you just delete your cookies, you can vote often. <laughs> Oh, this is what somebody said. I don't know if it's true. I only heard that from one source, but uh, that would be very, very sad if true, because I would not trust the results at all, because all it takes is one, you know, a podcast like ours. And, you know, we have a lot of influence and and they would hundreds of thousands of people They would actually change that or there would have to be a referendum after there was enough signatures for a referendum or something. Well, the government should govern, but they I guess they wanted to hear what people thought and that's that's okay and everything but there's you can't they can't really trust the results just because of that whole cookie thing they want to go through the process of consulting before they ignore whatever it says but i i like what they're saying they're going well it's kind of i mean the way they ask the questions the questions that they ask aside of that main question is do you feel that you need to be more in the time zone of cascadia washington oregon california and I think they mentioned the Yukon. Or do you feel that you need to be more consistent, meaning not switching back an hour before, hour forward, hour back, with respect to Alberta, Saskatchewan, and the rest of Canada? Oh, because and, this Cascadia does daylight saving time. They're about to change to permanent daylight saving time in Washington, California, and Oregon. Oh, they are. This is oh. why BC is now considering it quite seriously. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like it's going to happen. So it's open till July 19th. Uh, This podcast won't be issued prior to July 19th, but... We still have four days. Here in the shed, we've still got an opportunity. Uh, I'm going to go vote early and vote often. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to answer that question here, RJ. Okay, all right. We'll just find out if it's just a single crank suggesting something that's not true. Uh, sadly, it does not appear to be a single crank, because here it is. Do you believe BC should adopt year-round observance of daylight saving time? It's, it's allowing me to take the survey again, and I have not cleared the cookies on this You phone. took it from the phone? You know, that's a good question. I may have done it on my iPad. Damn it. We're so close. We could have had real research done right here live. Well, no, the research would be to take the survey, delete your cookies, then take it again. That's the only way to really tell if they uh, screwed that up. Because it does prevent you from taking it twice from the same device. But does it prevent you from taking it twice Yeah, after you've deleted the cookies? Well, at any rate, they did say that in the cover material, it wasn't the survey. They said they're going to take the feedback and incorporate it into decision making. Yeah, yeah, issue. yeah. It's not like who, however the vote goes. No, it's not a referendum. It's no. just an opinion. Right, thing. right, right. But I just think we should... Give ourselves a pat in the back. Well done, Skinny. Having, well done, uh, Shed Dog. That's us. Yeah. We were all ahead of this question. We could have told them. We did our own survey. We had our own results. And our result almost certainly is going to mirror the provincial result. And after that, we can then begin to declare that we're average British Columbians and that everything we think is likely reflected in the majority of British Columbians' minds. And after that, we then can start making money so By just providing opinion to uh, that they pollsters. should come to us first yeah. on any any. I'm just topic. trying to include you in my own lifelong quest 
to become the source of opinion on Canadian issues because I'm the average Canadian. The Mr. 10%. 10%? Are you upping your fees? Oh, Oh no, this isn't just a no. No, I'm not this is not for other people to do because other people are not as oh, they, closely average as we are. It's 100%. It's Yeah, it's us. It's a contract fee. We are clearly highly representative, so not everybody's like us. Hey, can we do consumer corner? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell about my little uh telecom adventure. Yes. Cool. Okay, so uh this is a PSA for our listeners. If you are big subscribers to cable TV, internet, and home phone, or maybe just one of those three or two of those three, and you're probably, you may be aware, but basically there's a strategy that can save you a lot of money as long as you're willing to spend probably up to about three hours on the phone. Uh, but, you know, three hours... Two times in a row now that I've done this, we've saved 1200 bucks plus tax. In a year? In over a two-year period. 600 a year, that's not chicken feed. Yeah, so is it worth it? I probably spent about three hours. I'm going to say yes, because, like, what's that, 400 bucks an hour? Well, and for guys that are at their leisure, like we are, 100% it's worth it. Yeah, I drive absolutely. that shuttle for 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of driving. You have to have a few skills to pull it off. Oh. You have to have the ability to deal with service people who are held to scripts and and have to meet certain performance parameters, and you have to never, ever um, make it personal about them. So you're just dealing professionally and calmly with them. It's always kind of fun. So here's what you do. So you go, okay, let's say I'm just going to use our case. We're on TELUS. I've done this in the other direction as well. Number one, you have to make sure and be on Gmail or some other generic email provider. You should, if you are today have a using a Shaw.ca address or a Telus.net address, get off that as quickly as you can. And that takes about a year anyway. Like you need to get your new email set up. You need to email everyone who you care about to let them know your new email. You have to warn them that you're going to turn the old email off. And then you got to turn it off and just deal with stuff. That's actually a big deal because yeah. who knows how many companies and businesses you've given this email to the government. So that that is actually the most difficult part of the whole thing. And I would say you can start e- gently and easily just by creating your e- new email address. And then about a year down the road, start dealing with the hard part of getting rid of the old address. So anyway... Once, once you're on a kind of a standard on a Gmail or one of those kind of yahoo.ca, one of those kind of addresses, here's how it works. I'm on TELUS. I call Shaw. I say, here's what I need. What can you do for me? These are the TV channels we absolutely have to have. This is how much bandwidth we need, which is not a lot really. Um, and this is, we want home phones still. So, uh, and so that's it. And then they're, they're always going to give you their discount rate. And sometimes the discount works like here's one year at this level and the second year at that level. You always have to ask them, okay, what does it go up to at the third year? Which is less important than you think. But anyway, it's good to ask them that. So now you've got all that information and you go back to TELUS in my case and call them up and say, okay, so I've been talking to Shaw and this is what they're offering me. Sometimes the person you're talking to is required by their company policy to give a go at offering you some things. 
that are never, ever near as good as what you could get. By, but they have to give that a try. So you just kind of listen to them carefully and, and politely decline it. And then they'll send you to customer retention. And customer retention will basically offer you the exact same deal that Shaw offered you in the first place. Now, in my case, I've done this twice. The first time they gave me, they still gave me month by month. This time I had to enter into to a two-year contract. So there's that's a little bit of a downside because if a year from now we re- finally realize that home phone's just a waste of time, we got to wait another year to get rid of it. Yeah. Is there a price change across that two years? In this case, no. They just gave us one low, low price all the way across the two years. <laughs> low, low and price. I got my spreadsheets going. I'm going, wow. I told Sue this time, I'll probably only save us six or 700 bucks. Nope. It was right right up there around 1200 bucks or so plus tax. And so that's it. There's a little bit of follow-up required in that they will then send you what I consider to be purposely confusing yeah. documents that don't seem to match with what you negotiated. Yeah. They will settle into something that is, in our case, it was very close to what we negotiated, but it was still $8.60 more than what the conversation said. And yet, when I call back in, this is all part of the three hours. You have yeah. to budget that you're going to be calling back in. At no point did they seem try and pull that thing where, no, no, that wasn't what you agreed to. They said, oh, yeah, I can see from the original call notes that that was the, yeah. the arrangement. Yeah, it's just interesting how consistently the original call notes are misunderstood. Well, yeah, there's a big divide as well between the customer service people and the accounting people. Oh, and that's what I mean. The accounting systems don't work with what they actually offer you. So they try and do something at the back end that matches it. But quite interestingly, they always make mistakes, almost always, and the mistakes are never in your favor. Yeah, that's what I mean. So when you see that correlation, then you start to go, okay, well... I know that something systemically happening there that's uh, anti-customer. And then most customers are never going to check again. They're really pleased with the initial call and you just pay the bill, right? So anyway, that's all part of the thing. So I got another $5 off that they had missed. And then I noticed, get this, they took $30 of my discounts and placed it in a special category called tax-included discounts. And most customers are going to go, well, whatever, right? But I'm going wait a minute, I want my discount, and then I want the tax savings across on top of that discount. It took me all that time. So I did the math, and I'm going, wait a minute, I'm paying three sixty dollars a month more than I should. So another call in, still within my three-hour budget. And uh, she said, oh, well, there's I actually can't fix that, so I'm just going to give you $5 more off a month. And I said, thank you very much. And I got a couple free movies along the way. So it's very satisfying. And, you know, if you really don't want to do all this dealing with customer service to save yourself $1,200, I'm available. I'll do it for 20% of of the savings. So in this case, that would be... What's a fifth of 1200 360 bucks. 20% of 1200 yeah. That's a, still a... Pretty nice hourly rate. I'd it's say. a nice hourly rate for me, and then uh, a big, huge free savings. It's kind of like when you buy those lawyers that take fifty percent of your. Yeah, <laughs> it's still free money. Um, and there is there is a uh, it's not called a lemon law, but there's a law that within a certain period of days, and I can't remember what it is, that you can just say no to any contract you've signed. That's the buyer's remorse thing. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And so there's always that, but usually you're not going to discover these things. 
they purposely stage, you know, there's the delay of the bill. The first bill's yeah. always confusing because it's subtracting off and adding oh, yeah, all kinds of weird. previous balances. Blah, and so by blah, the time blah. the bill settles into a regular pattern, then you're already over that yeah. period. But again, in Telus's case, they were very good about making yeah. the corrections, even though I'm now under contract. And yeah, I've done the same thing with Fido. I've done multiple calls over the years saying, well, these guys are offering this. They were always good, and the moment they weren't, which was about a year or two ago, I just switched to Kudo, and it was painless. Just call up Kudo. They give you the deal that Fido wouldn't, and they take care of everything at the back end. The next thing you know, you got to – it's all working. <laughs> as long as they continue to eat each other's lunch, the consumer wins, right? Well, this is the I whole mean, thing about the, their – what do you call them? Duopolies? Yeah, oligarchies or – yeah, it's, like there's a few of them. So yeah, yeah. In the case of the big ones, the big telecoms for cable and internet service, they're duopoly yeah. here in BC. We're lucky because in a lot of places, there's only yeah. one provider, yeah. and there is no, none of this negotiating that happens. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even feel guilty about it because our uh, cell phone rates, at least, I don't know about cable, but our cell phone rates, I believe, are pretty. They're very high. Pretty unfavorable here in Canada. Compared to highest in the world, aren't they? I think so. I think so. Yeah, they're pretty bad because there ain't no competition. So I'm okay with having them eat each other's lunch to my benefit. Yeah, because you can okay with that. You can at least get them to work against each other on a negotiation basis. Yeah, and if if it happened, if if 500 guys listening to this podcast got into the business that you've just proposed for yourself, then they would just change their practices to to not be taken advantage of, right? But until they do, yeah, switch back and forth as you need. Yeah, so that, uh, I just was notified. I had an assistant come in and let me know that an hour and a half has elapsed. Yes. So. Okay. I think that means we've come to the end of another episode. And an exciting, thrilling, satisfying episode it's been, too. Let me just say that. Happy 60, everyone. Happy 60 is right. That is 60. We've had a lot of fun. The sun's been shining. I hope you guys have been someplace that you haven't been too distracted by us to enjoy. Um, And I also hope that you're taking care of yourselves and that if you have anything you want us to talk about or not talk about or questions you need to ask or things you want to say, get a hold of us. Sheddogs.ca is where we can be found and we're anxious, dying to hear from you. And keep on doing those ratings because they've afforded us a lot of satisfaction in the last couple of months. Till we talk to you again, take care. Bye.